Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to the show. Don Bailey Jr. joins us in hour number two. The first hour of our show will be devoted to University of Miami baseball. In about one hour from now, Andrew Walters will deliver the first pitch of the game. Walters will start tonight for Miami against FIU. The Hurricanes are 16-8. and eight. They have won seven of their last eight and five in a row. So coming up, we'll have a baseball preview show for you. Prior to tonight's game against FIU, Gino Damari joins us in just a moment or so. He'll be followed by pitching coach J.D. Artiaga, and then Gabe Rivera, veteran player, into the lineup. One of the nicest kids you will meet, Gabe Rivera, an outfielder who can send the baseball a long way and can carry this ball club. If he gets hot, he's hitting 343 right now, four home runs. Gabe Rivera, one of my favorite players, will join the show here tonight. And then in hour number two, the third week of spring football, we'll discuss that with Don Bailey, plus the Canes will have their second scrimmage on Friday night. We'll discuss that with DBJ as well as who is standing out. We'll talk about the linebackers. Also a little discussion about one of the defensive ends who is making some progress. Also an offensive lineman making a strong push. And about two weeks ago I was asked, who would you throw the, who would you throw the ball to? And I said, if the season started right now, I am throwing to Mike Harley, Will Mowry. Now, I understand Mowry's not in spring. Will Mowry, Don Chaney, and Jalen Knight until proven otherwise. A player is trying to prove me otherwise, creeping into that group. We'll talk about that player in hour number two. Also, Don Chaney. Speaking of Don Chaney, the second-year freshman running back will also join us in hour number two. And then Greg Rousseau getting ready for the NFL draft. The former Hurricanes defensive end, you want to talk about a great kid, Greg Rousseau will be with us on the show. So that is the lineup. Gino Damari, J.D. Artiaga, Gabe Rivera, Don Bailey, Don Chaney, and Greg Rousseau. Canes play FIU in about one hour. Gino Damari steps in as our leadoff hitter. Miami 16-8 for the season. They've won seven of their last eight. Five in a row. So, Gino, welcome to the show. Going into tonight's game, you've got the club playing pretty good baseball. We are, Joe, and as uh, much needed. We um, obviously went through a little bit of struggle there a few weeks back and, and kind of set ourselves back. But I, th- I felt like um, after that series with FSU, I mean, we had a long talk with the team, the coaches, and, of course, we made some changes in our lineup a little bit and kind of going with more veteran guys. And we've 
been able to get some more consistency in our lineup and just, um, you know, and, and we had to make some adjustments a lot. Of, we just were not playing very good baseball, and uh, and it showed there. It came out that weekend, and if ever, I guess there was a wake-up call, that was it. And uh, we have turned the corner, turned the page from that weekend. I think we've done a good job of picking ourselves back up, and really overall the whole team's playing a lot better. We got to mention the uh, mention Adrian Del Castillo and Christian Del Castillo. Uh, they are the first brothers to win ACC Player of the Week in the same season, and both those guys it must be a family trait. Uh, they must have got the RBI gene because those guys uh, certainly uh, deliver RBIs. Unbelievable! It's funny. It's uh, true. Exactly what you're saying. I mean, uh, if you want somebody up in our lineup with people on base, I would say those guys are the top two guys. They they're hitting uh, with runners in scoring position better than anybody else on the team. And, uh, uh, of course, Adrian uh, Dell's been a guy that's done it for, you know, his freshman year and a little bit of last year, obviously, with the shortened season. And and the expectations are he's our guy and whatnot. But uh, Christian's been the surprise because of just how this has all unfolded and uh, kind of fell into our lap. And he's been really um, – well, let's just put it this way. We're hitting him right behind his brother. And, you know, that usually you do that with a guy. You need somebody uh, that can swing the bat uh, behind your best hitter. And he's doing that. He's protecting his brother, which it's forcing teams. If they're not going to pitch to Dell, then they got to pitch to Christian. And he's come up in a lot of situations, RBI situations, and he's come through. So that's what helps make the lineup strong. And, of course, then you got guys right behind him like Terrell and Rivera and um, Gill, veteran guys hitting basically six, seven, eight somewhere in there, and that those guys, if they can swing the bat the way way we know they can, now you got yourself a really, really good deep lineup, a tough lineup to pitch to. Yeah, uh, Morales hit the home run for you against Duke the other day. Six home runs. When he hit the home run, uh, that puts you in front. It also felt like there was a gigantic exhale in the ballpark. But uh, again, during this winning streak, now different guys are starting to pick you up, and that's always a good sign. It is. I mean, the more guys you can have get going, you know, you'd like as a coach, especially a hitting coach, you'd like to have all nine goals guys going at all all the times. But that's not the case, uh, you know. And but you want them to be given good at bats, and that's that's the bottom line. And um, I feel good about where our lineup is going. It's still not as good as it can be, uh, which is okay. Um, but I think we're we're in the right direction because we really struggle. We 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 just we. Our approach just was not very good uh, the first half of the season, and uh, I think we've done a better job with uh, what we're doing with our hitters. And uh, uh, the more guys we can get going and, and give good at bats, the, the more successful we're going to be. Well, it does seem like you uh, things have settled down a little bit. And you mentioned the veterans and two of those guys that have been reinserted into the lineup, and you're going to give them a chance, Rivera. And Gill, both those guys were productive for you a couple of years ago when you went to the tournament at Mississippi State. Yeah, they were. I mean, Ray hit, I believe, fifth for us in 2019, the year you're talking about, right behind Dell. And, uh, of course, Terrell and Gabe hit, you know, kind of a little bit after that, maybe seven and eight or seven and nine. But um, those guys are veteran guys. They, they've you know, been here, we say veteran guys, those are four-year guys. They're not three-year guys or two-year. They're four-year guys um, that, um, you know, we're fortunate to have come back. You normally don't have a lot of four-year guys, but because of everything that has occurred with the uh, COVID and the shortened draft and getting the extra year and all that, um, we have, and, and a lot of teams have this same scenario, but we need these guys to play to their abilities. Uh, these are These are guys that had great years for us in 2019. It's hard to Defined last year because it was so shortened, but certainly Terrell swung the bat well during that short period of time, and so did Gabe. Gil didn't as much, but we need those guys to be going. I mean, again, if they're going to hit where they're hitting in the lineup, which basically is six, seven, eight, I mean, th- th- those should be three of the better six, seven, and eight hitters in the country, in my opinion. And, um, you know, those, th- that's going to be a big key to the success of our offense. Uh, we feel pretty good about the guys, obviously, in the front of them. Um, and of course, Don Patelli is swinging the bat better. And, you know, we all know his strength is defense, but I, I, I feel strong about Dom and his ability to swing the bat. Um, he's got a great, uh, great approach. If he can stay consistent with it at times, it can get a little crazy, but he's gotten better and better and better. And that's what you want to see, especially from young players, but, but, but all of them. You just want to see him keep getting better and better and better. So at the end of the season, they're all clicking on all cylinders and they're at their best. 
Well, I thought that was a key, though, to you juggling juggling the lineup a little bit, putting Patelli in there full-time at shortstop. You know he's got the gloves, so uh, as you mentioned, the hitting would come along, but I thought that was a, a really valuable move on your part. And then back to Rivera for a moment. I was looking at some of his numbers uh, two years ago, in, in kind of a short, a small sample size, and it was the tournament, uh, the tournament at Mississippi State, where he had a bunch of hits. Is he that kind of player that over a week or a two-week period he can carry a ball club? Yes, he is. He's got as much power as anybody even probably in the country. I mean, he, he, if you ever watch Gabe swing the bat in BP, and um, he's got a lot of tools. If he could put it together and be consistent, that's, that's the key for him. But uh, he has the ability, certainly for a week, weekend series, couple weeks, where he can put on an absolute show and just dominate with the power of his bat. And um, so, you know, hopefully what we'd like to see is just the consistency uh, with Gabe and giving good at best, just not giving me an easy outs. And, um, you know, but he's earned the right to be in the lineup and uh, hope, hopefully he can stay in there and stay, you know, consistent with his approach. Uh, we should mention FIU is coming up here in just a little bit uh, tonight at Alex Rodriguez Park in Mark Light Field. Uh, you handled them last week. Your bats really came alive. What do you expect in tonight's game against FIU? Uh, you you kind of beat them handily last week, so uh, but you know anytime you play FIU, big rivalry and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't expect it to be twenty-one to one. That that's not going to happen. I mean, baseball's a crazy game. We could come out and play a two-to-one game for for all we know. So at the end of the day, that game was last week. This is a new day and a new game, and we need to be ready to play. Um, baseball will bite you in the butt very quickly if you think you got it figured out, and uh, we certainly can't think like that just because we won big in a score like that against them. We need to make sure we're ready to play tonight. I do have to ask you, because uh, two weeks ago we did talk about Palmquist, and I floated to you, would you make him a starter? And now I'm back in your camp. Forget that. Because (laughs) he he just overpowers teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we were – look, when we – our championship teams at Miami and the teams that we really – made good runs that we always had a very good closer and i i just i know the importance of that that closer uh, could be the most valuable player on your team he's got the ball in his hands at the end of the game when the game's on the line now i i know it doesn't work when the game is not on the line or you're down and he doesn't get into a game like the series against fsu and i know i've got a lot of heat for well geez your best pitcher didn't even pitch in that series well i don't plan on being down in all of our games we like to be up in our games if we're going to be down in all of our games then we're not going to be very good team so the, the plan is our starters need to throw the way they're capable of which they will we need to play good defense our offense is coming around and Carson should get a lot of opportunities, and he has. He has, and he's taken advantage of them. He's been about as dominant as a pitcher as I've ever seen. And, I mean, and we've had some dominant guys over the years, but and we'll go to him if we have to in the eighth inning, and we've even gone to him in the seventh inning with two outs where he needs to just get an out and go two and a third. The good thing about him is he throws strikes. He doesn't waste a lot of pitches with balls, so he, he, he doesn't throw a lot of pitches. He's around the strike zone. His pitch count has never really had high up. Um, he bounces back very well. We do need to be careful in how we use him, which J.D. and I will make sure we do. Um, but he's a guy that's, uh, at the end of the day, should be probably leading the nation in saves. And let's hope that he's going to be coming in in some very, very critical games that are going to matter a whole lot at the end of this whole thing. How important was it that Fetterman pitched as well as he did the other day for you, not only for his own psyche, but maybe for everybody else? I, I thought that was a really nice effort that he gave you. It was huge. It was huge. I mean, first of all, he's getting thrown into the Friday, which he had done before. And again, what better person to throw into that situation when uh, Rosario goes down? But Fed, Fed has done it before. Obviously, it struggled this year up to the point, but uh, struggled some in certain areas more than others. But he... Uh, not only did he throw well, he threw pretty deep into the game where it allowed us to not have to use up a lot of our bullpen on a Friday against their best guy. So, you know, that was huge, absolutely huge. It saved a lot of guys, um, and we were able to, uh, you know, obviously get get the win and, and help us get the sweep for the weekend. But 
I mean, that's part of being a good team. You guys go down. I remember some of the better teams we've ever had. Guys got hurt, even championship teams. We've lost starting catchers. We've lost relievers and starting pitchers at times. And if you got a good team, guys got to be willing to st- other guys got to be willing to step up. And he did that for us. Um, this weekend, you play Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. You're only one game out of first place. You're ten and seven in the conference. Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech are eleven and seven. So by the end of the weekend, you could be in first place in the Coastal Division. Georgia Tech is going to play Notre Dame. Notre Dame is twelve and five. Virginia Tech has Wake Forest. So depending on how that uh, series breaks down, but it's conceivable you could end up in first place by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I haven't really thought of it. I, I, we're a half a game, I believe, back is what I thought I'd Yeah, okay, that's right, half a game. Half a game, you're right. Half a game, but that's because we didn't get that Wake Forest third game uh, on Sunday. We only played them two games. So, you know, um, at the, look, at the end of the day, we, we need to take care of <laughs> each game. We can't you get caught up in, the, you know, where we're going to be at the end of the weekend. That, that, that You don't want to look at it like that. Obviously, we're looking at FIU tonight, and then we got to make sure – uh, Pitt is going to be a huge series, huge series, but we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and start thinking, well, if we do this, this, and this, we'll, you know, we can come out of here in first place. What, what I do want them to think is we need to continue to play the game the way I know we can play, which is how we've been playing it, and continue to get better. That's what we need to do, just keep getting better and better. We should mention on Sunday, Dubberly gave you a really nice performance. He uh, won a career long in innings and had a career high in strikeouts. He's pitched better and better each time. He's pitching kind of the way that we had hoped um, when we saw him uh, before he came to school here. And uh, he's healthy. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's got all three pitches. He commands them. Uh, he pitches in and out. The changeup's good. The breaking ball's good. And um, he, he's done an excellent job for us of stepping up and, and, and filling in for that, you know, being that third number three starter. And so, he, you know, it's been good to see him pitch and pitch better and better and go farther and deeper into the game. So very, very excited for him and for us with that. How do you feel about this uh, news that came out this week? The NCAA is going to have predetermined regional and super regional sites, and the location is going to be announced in May. Yeah, May 10th. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's what they're doing in the other sports. It's been a little odd, but that's kind of, you know, they're going along with what they've done in other sports. So, you know, I'm being told it'll still be on merit and how well you're playing at that time, but it's earlier than what they would have in the past. Obviously, uh, when they select sites to host, that's normally not done until after your conference tournament. So, um, you know, this, this is going to be a little different. It'll be while we're still playing, we'll still have a few weeks left to play. Uh, all we can do is make sure we're playing good baseball uh, up to that point and, of course, continue to play good baseball after that. But you can't really do much about it. Um, you know, if we're able to host, uh, you know, obviously that would be great. We'd like to host. Uh, I'm not sure how much of an advantage it is if you're hosting and you're not playing in front of anybody, <laughs> small crowds. Uh, it's certainly different when you play without your crowd being packed there at the stadiums. But you could get somewhere, sent somewhere where they are allowing big crowds and it does work against you. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, how we play will take care of everything. And if we play well, it'll take care of itself. we got a lot of big series coming up against good teams, high-ranked teams, RPI-ranked teams. And if we play well against them and win series, we will move up the ladder and we should be one of those teams that's uh, thought of in terms of hosting. If we don't, then we'll be on the outside looking in. Uh, these two freshman pitchers you have, uh, Rosario and uh, Medeiros, they've been electric. Uh, uh, I would imagine they've been fun to watch and fun to watch their development. They have. You know, we, we knew we were fortunate when they showed up on campus. And uh, you just don't know how ready they can be, you know, out of the gate. Uh, I think Alejandro probably had a little bit more of a hit start on Vic than Victor did uh, in the inner squads in the fall. Victor came on strong at the end. And, uh, of course, both of them have pitched – to ask those two guys to be our one-two, um, you know, is obviously a big responsibility, but that's how high we think of those two guys. They've done an excellent job, excellent job of handling it. Well, you got FIU coming up here in just a couple of minutes, so uh, thanks for taking time to join us to talk Hurricanes baseball and talk about FIU, and the best of luck in the ballgame tonight. 
Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. All right, that's University of Miami head coach Gino Damari, and we will continue on the show right after this. You know, to win football, it all has to come together. Offense, defense, special teams. The same is true in the luxury car business. Parts and service, the body shop, sales, customer service, they all have to work together. And at Williamson Cadillac, they do. Under the guidance of Ed Williamson and his lovely wife, Carol, and they have been doing it for 52 years. You can experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer with its award-winning lineup. You can make a statement in their unmistakable XT crossovers, engineered to stand out. I'm driving the XT4. Or excite your senses in Williamson's CT sedan series, dedicated dedicated to performance, or you can ride in the original icon, the fifth generation of the Cadillac Escalade. Visit Ed Williamson at his state-of-the-art facility, easily located at US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway, or view their entire lineup online at WilliamsonCadillac.com. Williamson Cadillac, where it all comes together. Your premier leisure dealership, Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Back on our show as we continue talking about University of Miami baseball here tonight on the Hurricane Hotline. Joining us now, University of Miami pitching coach J.D. Artiaga. J.D., as always, great to have you on the program. Thanks for being with us. Ball club is playing well going into tonight's game against FIU, and your team is pitching well. So uh, you got to be proud of that right now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a whole new group. You know, we lost, we lost a lot of innings from last year's team. We're losing three starters and, and, and Tyler Kaiser, which is one of the main guys coming out of the bullpen. So, uh, we knew it was gonna be, there's gonna be a learning curve, you know, and um, but uh, they're coming around and pitching better and and really just getting comfortable in their roles. You uh, you rolled out a couple of freshmen and made them. Eventually, they went to the Friday Saturday slot. Uh, Rosario and Medeiros. These two guys can be flamethrowers. They are the modern day pitcher, aren't they? I mean, they their velocity is very good. Yeah, you know what? They they do have very good velocity. Um, you know, I think uh, Rosario's one that, that probably depends more on his fastball and throws a lot more fastballs than Victor does. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that not only did he throw really hard, but he has great fastball command, you know. And when he's, he's had success this year, he's, you know, he's throwing some fastballs just unhittable. And, and not because they're, you know, 95, 96, 97 miles an hour. It's, it's just location. They're just, they're just in spots that it, even if it was at 85, they just couldn't hit it, you know. So, He's had a lot of success with that. And then Victor is a, is a really a four-pitch mixed guy that he'll throw any pitch at any count, you know. And when his command is on, he's, he's really tough. And then you throw on top of that the fact that he is mid, mid-90s, even to upper 90s at times. Um, he, he's tough to hit as well. But, uh, you know, they're the freshmen, and they're going to have their freshman moments, and you got to live with the good, you know, live with the good and the bad with those guys. But uh, the, the ceiling is definitely very high for both those guys, and, and they're going to, you know, I'd say that the future of our of our staff, they're they're the present, man. They're, like you said, they're throwing Fridays and Saturday nights. Hurricanes are playing FIU tonight. J.D. Artiaga is with us. The Kings have won seven of their last eight, five in a row. Uh, I know it was a tough weekend a couple uh, weeks ago against Florida State. But since then, I think uh, you and Gino and uh, Norby have done a good job uh, coaching the minds of your players. Uh, what do you think are some of the other reasons behind this this streak of five in a row and seven of the last eight? Well, you know, that, that weekend at Florida State, it's just, it was so out of character the way we played, you know, and, and uh, there's no explanation, you know, but uh, we were all very happy with the way that we res- they've responded and come back and, and uh, are playing really the best baseball we've played all year. Um, and we, our defense is getting better. We, again, we have guys, just like in the pitching staff, we have some freshmen on, on the two freshmen on the left side of the infield, one of which has really never played the position in Yo-Yo Morales, you know, so he's getting better and better every day that, that he's, he's at third base and and, you know, Patelli is this, he's a great defensive shortstop, but the, the game speed is a little quicker. He's making adjustments and getting better, you know. So um, we, we are playing good. Uh, and, again, the, the, this is the way they responded. That's something that we, we really preach mental toughness since day one, and we know it's going to be a challenging year with, with all the COVID things going on and all the new faces on the team. And, 
you know, we knew it's going to happen, you know, and we're very happy, very proud of the way our guys, that, the way they've responded to, at this point. You've had a couple of uh, guys uh, on the pitching staff really start to emerge and pitch well for you. Jake Garland has done a nice job, very good strikeout-to-walk ratio, 19 strikeouts against five walks. What has Garland brought to your staff? You know, he's a guy, when he's down in the zone, he's just, all the hitter can do is just beat beat the ball into the ground. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a heavy sinker ball guy that, that you know, if he makes his pitch, there's nothing you can do about it, you know. Um, when he's up in the zone, he gets in trouble. That, that's true for, for just about any pitcher. But the difference is when he's down, it's it's crazy the amount of ground balls that he gets. I, I want to say he only had two fly ball, fly ball outs in, in 18, you know, in six innings, his last outing. Um you know, so and, and he's very steady. He's steady. You know, you're going to get. He's done his little strikes. He does a good job of controlling the running game. So, when you got a ground ball pitcher that controls a running game, you basically need to get three singles to score one run. You know, and they all got to be in the same inning. So it, it's just tough. It's tough to, to score on him. And um, and really, he was in there in the mix for for a weekend rotation spot until the very last Sunday of of, of inner squad before we started the season. And, and he did nothing wrong, nothing, not, you know, to lose a job. It's just Victor Madero saw pitched him the last time around, and, and he earned that Sunday spot. Uh, Jordan Dubberly is a mathematics major. He probably likes the math that he sees on his numbers, 21 strikeouts, five walks, an earn run average of under four, and I thought uh, he pitched very well for you on Sunday. You know, Jordan, when we recruited him last fall, you know, we, he was, we felt he was the best, you know, right-handed starting pitcher in Florida in the junior, junior college level. And we, we recruited him ex- fully expecting him to be a, a weekend starter for us, knowing we were going to lose those three guys that we had last year. And unfortunately, about a week and a half after he committed to us, he, he had an elbow injury and had Tommy John surgery. So he, he's not where he's you know, he's not quite at his best yet, and, and the best is yet to come, and he gets better and better every day, and he's about, I want to say, 14 or 15 months removed from the surgery, and, you know, he's he's in throwing shape, but he's not quite in pitching shape yet, but we're starting to see what we saw, you know, in the, during the recruiting process, and he's a guy that he's going to continue to get better every day, he throws four pitches for strikes, and, you know, the fastball velocities, again, it's, it's just it's creeping up, it's creeping up there, he's a guy that normally, when he's healthy, he's going to work 90 to 93, but can really, really pitch, you know, and, and he's done a great job the last two weekends. And and even when he, when he came in and pitched out of the bullpen, he did a good job. So uh, we're very happy with him. And, and again, he's, he's going to be better at the end of the season than he is right now. We are talking Hurricanes baseball tonight. Canes getting ready to play FIU at the ballpark. J.D. Artiaga is with us. Okay, uh, I know that you've heard this comparison. We've talked about it before. Uh, Not all of our listeners might dial into college baseball, but Carson Palmquist looks like Chris Sale, and I think he starts to, and he throws a lot like Chris Sale. He is just mowing hitters down and plowing through the opposition's lineup. It's it's unbelievable the success he's had and and I mean and really to this point it's just been just majority fastballs you know and, and they know it's coming and he he just they just can't see it they don't pick it up it's it's definitely you know it's a low to mid nineties and with whip movement and late life to it and great command he just he he, he pounds a strike zone with it and, and the, the crazy thing he didn't throw many pitches over the middle of the plate it's 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 from one corner to the other corner and that's it you know and. Uh, to throw another one on you for for the prompt to Chris Sale, he's he's from from the same area, over there, you know, in the Fort Myers area. So, um, but you know, in the role that he's in, it, it's hard to, to to sit there and develop and work on his second and third pitch because, you know, let's face it, when he's pitching, the game's on the line, you know. So it's hard to go out there and throw a, a slider or a change just to try to work on it with you know with with a tying run at second base or something like that. We just can't you can't do it. So. We were fortunate on Sunday. He came in with a, you know, we had a two-run lead in the eighth, and you know, he threw a scoreless eighth, and then we we put up a four spot in the uh, in the bottom of the eighth. So we got we got a six-run cushion, and we we're able to to work on some other pitches. And sure enough, man, it, it was just dominating just like his fastball. Great through some great changes and sliders, and you know, his strikeout to walks numbers are just just off the charts. And it's it's nice to to know it's a it's a it's a seven-inning game or an eight-inning game, whatever it might be. You just get the Carson and. And he shut the door, you know, kind of like it was with Brian Garcia and Danny Graves back in the day. And, you know, having a great closer just really it makes this decision making very easy. You know, you know, you know, you're going to at the end of the game. So you mentioned his strikeout to walk ratio. And I just want to put this number out there. 
for our listeners, if you if you are a baseball fan at any level, this number is ridiculous. Palmquist has pitched twenty and two third innings, and he has struck out thirty five batters. He's walked only three, but he has struck out thirty five in twenty innings. It's amazing. It's, it's uh, what he's done to this point, and, it, and it's righties and lefties, and it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's at the plate. They just they can't hit it. They can't hit it. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you about uh, this other kid that you bring in, Anthony Arguelles. Uh He comes in. He's an outmaker. I mean, he just gets guys out, right? Yeah, you know, he's he's, he's, a, he's a tough kid, man. He's he's a, he's a high school quarterback. He's undersized. He's undersized for a right-handed pitcher. So you can imagine for a quarterback, he's way undersized. But it's just a big heart, very a huge competitor, man. And, and and he comes in and he's kind of settled into that to that setup role and. You know, it's great having a closer, but you got to get the ball to him, you know, and, and, and that's kind of where Anthony's been at right now and uh, has a great curveball, you know, challenges guys with his fastball. It's low 90s, you know, and it, it's, it gets on you. It gets on you. It's kind of he hides the ball well. And uh, but the biggest thing with him is he's just a huge, huge competitor with a big heart, and, and that, that's what you have to have that in that role that he's, that he's in right now. So we, we're very happy with, with what he's done for us so far. How pleased were you with the way Fetterman pitched the other night? You know, his last two times out, it's just he, he's pitched with more conviction, you know. And, and as a pitcher, you know, stuff, it, it's really, it, it matters, but that's not the, the, the end of, a, of, of it all. You know, it's the way you throw the pitches. And I've always, you know, I'll, I'll call every pitch that we throw, but if, the pitchers always have the right to shake me off because if you don't believe in the pitch you're throwing, you, it's not going to work. And uh, he just, he was lacking that, you know. He had, it was kind of pitching not to make a mistake, not to leave a ball over the plate. And every time he did, it got, it got hit. And, you know, now when you pitch with some conviction, you, you, you look, you're not going to be perfect and you're going to miss out over the plate. But for whatever reason it is, you get away with it. And guys, you know, just swing and foul it off or pop it up. And it just, it's just the way it is. So he's, his last two times out, he's kind of a lot more conviction behind his pitches. Um, and, and it's showing. And it's showing. And, and he's another guy that's very competitive. So uh, I don't know if it was the fact that he's, he's been a reliever for a couple of years now and coming in as a starter, he was trying to, to really lengthen his game and, and, and lasts, you know, six, seven innings, you know, as opposed to coming in and giving it all you got for as long as you can and then handing the ball off to the next guy. Um, but wh- whatever it is, the mindset that he's in, that he's in right now, it's, it's, it's perfect. And he's throwing the way we thought he would throw. And that's why we, we had him as our Friday night starter to start the season. Um, but right now he's in the bullpen, and it's, it's going to strengthen that bullpen. And we, we love, we love a, a strong back end of the bullpen because, like I said, you got a guy like Carson Ponquist, and, and you know it's a seven-inning game. You know, you throw in a Fetterman and Arguez, and now you're talking about it's a six-inning game, yeah. you know, or a five-inning game. Just to start get, get you through five, you got to lead, slam the door with those three guys. That's that's a great feeling, you know, and um, that that adds depth. But we wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for a guy like Jordan Doverly getting better and Jake Garland, you know, kind of coming to his own and, and, and being able to start and, and have four solid starters. Then it allows you to have a guy like Fetterman in the bullpen. I find Fetterman easy to root for because he loves the University of Miami so much. Yeah, he's one of those, you know, kind of homegrown. He's, he's a Broward County kid, but he's he's been a cane through and through all the, all the way, man, from, from day one and from a little kid on. So um, he, he's one of those guys that you're right, that he's, he's, his lifelong dream was to be a cane, and now he's living it, and he's giving it all he's got. And and he's been a joy to coach, and I'm sure it's fun. he's fun to watch pitch. Um, when, I, I promise he's giving you everything he's got every time he's out there. When you are out recruiting and, and looking at – uh, I suppose high school baseball games or um, the travel teams. What are you seeing uh, from the pitchers today, and in, in terms of their velocity, and and how young are they with high velocity? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a live high school or travel game in in about a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> they've, shut, they've shut us down, man. I think la- la- October twenty twenty was the last time we were out on the road recruiting, you know, a lot of stuff on video, but, you know, definitely kids are getting bigger and stronger at a younger age. They are throwing harder. Um, you know, you, you're seeing velocity coaches now instead of pitching coaches, is that right? you know? Yeah. And you, what is a velocity coach? They, they teach you to throw harder. They teach you to throw harder. That doesn't necessarily make you a good pitcher, you know? Uh, um, We've got other guys in the staff that that throw really hard as well, at just as hard as a, as a you know as a Rosario and and Vaderos, uh, but the pitchability is not there yet, and you get away with it in high school because you might face one guy per lineup that that can catch up to a mid nineties fastball, but 
Yeah, that's all you got in, in college. You, you know, you're not going to survive very long. If you're a reliever, they come in and face you order one time, but you're not going to trick him twice. You know, so um, so you, you, yeah, you definitely see a lot of that. Uh, velocity coaches and you have swing coaches. They're not hitting coaches, but they they, they work on your swing. But they, they they don't talk about what it, how to hit a slider and stay back and drive the ball. That doesn't happen anymore. So you know, what can you do in a showcase? You know, so that's that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part, and. You know, you got to watch these kids play. You can't get too excited because he's got a great arm or he hits the ball, you know, 500 feet. Can he do it in the game? You know, and that that's the one part uh, with this COVID thing. It's it's kind of taken out out of the equation here. We, we get we get hundreds of videos every day, and this guy's throwing, you know, 14 years old, topping out at 92 miles an hour already, and it's it's that, that's exciting, yes. But can he pitch? Can he throw strikes? Can he spin the ball? A lot more comes comes into pitching. It's a successful pitcher anyway than just throwing hard. So. Um, but definitely, the kids kids are getting bigger and stronger and, and throwing harder. Uh, that, that's for sure. And, and that's from little league to you know high school, college, pro ball. I mean, it's a kid that throws ninety two miles an hour now. It's, just, it's a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. It's just another guy. You know, in, in the big leagues now, every every reliever throws a hundred. Every one of them. Yeah. You know, you know, to your point, in terms of velocity, I, I always thought that velocity or a great arm was a gift. So if you didn't have the great velocity and you were a pitcher, you had to learn to work with what you had. Right, right. And, and now they, they and I, and I can't, I'm not saying they teach you to throw harder because, you know, if that was the case and they, everybody would throw 100, you know. I'm not saying that. But they, they are getting ways to maximize and get every mile an hour possible out of these arms. How long they last, I don't know. Um, but I could tell you, I know pitchability is not quite the same. And it doesn't matter. In, in the pro level, the pitchability doesn't matter because you look at an organization like Big Tampa, you know, they don't care. The starters are going to throw three innings and they're going to run out their different arm every inning after that. And you're never going to see the same guy twice. So they're more about, you know, great stuff from different arm angles that give a different look every at bat. And it's tough to adjust and, and hit that way, you know. So, um, and, they, and you can't argue with it because they've had success. They were in the World Series last year and fell a couple games short, but it got them there. So it, it, it to some aspect, it works. Um, I'm not ready to go that route yet, but it's, uh, you know, that's the game has changed. It absolutely has changed. Can't say it's for the better or worse. I'm not sure about that, but it definitely has changed. Okay, you got FIU coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, what problems do they present in terms of their offense? Last week, your team handled them uh, fairly easily, but, you know, teams don't often play the same way from night to night. And obviously, uh, with fewer midweek games this, this is a big one uh, so that's we talked to the team about you know we, we told them yesterday it's it's, it's probably not going to be 21 to 1 again you know um baseball's a, like a crazy game and every day is a different day even though you're playing the same team anything could happen but you know they, they, last week they had uh, three of the top hitters out of the lineup but with injuries i'm not sure i guess one of them is back in the lineup or he was this weekend anyway um but either way, it's look. There's a lot of a lot of local kids. It's, a, it's an in-town rivalry, you know, and and you can throw records out the window, and you can throw what happened last week out the window. It's, it's a zero-zero game when we start off tonight, and and anything can happen, you know. We got to be ready to play because they're going to be ready to play, and they're going to want some payback. And but that's just the way it is. You're wearing the Miami uniform. Everybody, everybody's shooting for you. Everybody wants to wants to knock you off the mountain here. So uh, we're used to it. We just got to show up and, and, and play our game. All right, J.D., always great to have you on the show. Best of luck tonight against FIU. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Joe. All right, that's J.D. Ardiaga. We will continue right after this. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Back on the show, we are now joined by University of Miami outfielder Gabe Rivera as the Canes get ready to play FIU tonight. Gabe will be back in the lineup. And Gabe, thanks for being with us here as we preview FIU. Uh, Let's start there. Last week, you guys really took it to FIU. Uh, How important was that victory and the margin of victory against FIU last week? It's a great victory, man. Um, You know, to score that amount of runs, uh, it was nice to see the offense uh, completely break open. And, uh, you know, we play them tomorrow, and I'm sure, you know, these guys are going to be ready to come back and redeem themselves. And we got to be ready to play just like every game this year. Yeah, now this is a 
always a rivalry, I'm sure, uh, besides playing against these guys in college. You probably saw them in high school or travel ball. Uh, how important is this rivalry uh, with FIU in order to win these series? Uh, I mean, every game's important, um, but FIU, it's a little different. You know, a lot of these guys are local guys that we played against through high school and, and Little League, like you said. So, you know, it adds that extra chip on the shoulder whenever you play these guys. It, it's like a, it's like another Miami versus Miami series. And, you know, that's that's honestly how it feels every time we play them. But, you know, they're going to come out ready to play. They're a solid team, and, you know, and we got to be ready to play as well. Okay, since the uh, Florida State series, you guys have won seven of the last eight ball games. You've won five in a row. What's been the change? What's been the turnaround? I mean, yeah, it's never, it's never nice to have that happen, especially against one of your biggest rivals. But uh, you, you know, it's definitely a lesson learned. I think lesson learned was an understatement with that series. We just we got together as a team and we kind of discussed about leading up to that point. You know, maybe some things that were a little off or some things that we wanted to open up and discuss about on how to improve the, this team. And a lot of guys spoke up, veteran guys, you know, coaches. And, uh, you know, I was right before the FAU game, and I really felt after we had that meeting, the team just, com- like, messed a lot better than it had. I thought the chemistry was a lot better. This team just came together, and we ended up, uh, you know, having a great game against F- FAU and, and going on to – like you said, seven out of these last eight games. So I think really after our little meeting before we went up to FAU, I think that was a, a good turnaround for our team. We still got a long way to go. There's a lot of things that we, we still need to clean up. And uh, well, I, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. And, you know, it, it's it's a long season, although we're at the halfway point And, you know, we're, like I said, getting better every single day. Gabe Rivera is our guest. I think this is more of a, a statement than than a question, maybe uh, more of a conversation. But two years ago, many of the guys that are on this team today were with the team two years ago. There was very good chemistry, and you were you were on the uh, you, your team was ascending going into that regional at Mississippi State, even not winning that regional, there were a lot of good feelings with this team. And then COVID hit last year, no season. Um, how much do you think that hurt? Did it hurt more than you thought coming into this year, not being able to play last season? I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, it seems like a blur. You know, it's just a bad dream that whole past season and, we had everything going towards the right direction. I mean, as good as a team as you could have. And, you know, COVID comes up and knocks away our season. And really, it's just, it's shocking. You can't wrap your head around it. I mean, I can't even believe to tell you, you know, how, yeah, it was frustrating for a little bit, you know, the guys that we had on the team and the things we could have done. But, um, like Gino always tells us, we got to be able to turn the page and, now we have this year, we have the 2021 squad, a lot of young guys, a lot of veteran guys, um, and that's where that chemistry really just needs to get closer, you know, especially us older guys with a lot of the new guys that we have being able to come together and, um, you know, finish business like we were supposed to do last year. And, um, you know, especially guys in my class coming off that first regional, I think we, we have, you know, somewhat of a taste of college baseball playoff and I mean, although it's a regional we would, would have been nice to go to Omaha and win the whole thing but you know you get to play Mississippi State which is a big atmosphere and you know it, that was a, a huge lesson learned for us how to you know playing in those type of environments and it's all learning lessons along the way but uh, I got a lot of faith with this team we got a lot of good guys young guys too older guys stepping up and taking lead taking the you know taking charge and I'm excited to see where we end off at the end of the year Gabe Rivera, Hurricane Outfielder, is our guest. You're in the lineup. Gino has you in the lineup, uh, going with the veteran lineup. You are rewarding his trust so far, hitting 343. How do you feel right now at the plate? I feel I feel good. Um, you know, I, I never ever want to be satisfied, and you know, it's a, I'm I'm glad I'm able to go in and, and produce for the team. But personally, for me, I, I still got a long ways to go. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to be back out there in the lineup and, and helping these guys out. 
but like I said, for me, I still got a long ways to go. Um, a lot of us too, we need to figure out some like minor details with our hitting approaches and everything like that. But with that, it takes time and we're going to have that, you know, that clicking moment, whether it's in a game or a practice. And, and it's just going to, we're going to take off from there. But yeah, you know, I, I feel good at the plate and uh, just, you know, keep working at it. Keep doing whatever I've been doing to prepare up to that point. And hope our other guys on the in the lineup are doing the same thing. I feel like uh, with you, often the hits will come in bunches that you can put together. Uh, and I talked to Gino about this, but you could carry a ball club for a week or two weeks, mm-hmm. or or even more. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know, hitting's a funny thing. You know, I, you know, one week you're you're on fire, and the next mm-hmm. week it's like you're trying to figure some things out and. That's the biggest thing Gino also says is, is consistency. You don't always have to get a hit every single at bat. You know, it's not what he asked for, but it's minor details, which is true. It's, you know, how you take pitches, how you look during your at bat. Are you fooled? Are you on time? And if we could keep, you know, the positives during the at bats, you know, going, you know, flowing and everything, it, it, it's going to put us in a better spot to be successful at the plate. So that's more of our focus, like what our focus should be is, um, you know, making sure that we're always going to be on time, making sure that heading up to the plate we feel, you know, good and confident. All those things are going to help us be successful, and that's really going to kind of lower the the peaks and, and valleys that hitting has to offer and help you just always on this consistent climb. Uh, you can hit the ball out of the ballpark to right field. You can hit the ballpark. You can hit the ball out of the ballpark to left field. You can hit it out the straightaway center. Do you know how much power you have? <laughs> yeah, but uh, this all goes back to making consistent contact. I mean, it's got to play in the game, and it all starts with how I prepare. You know, being able to you know focus on consistently squaring balls up, not treating uh, BP before a game as a home run derby or, or any practice for that matter. Um, you know, I, again, how I practice, how I'm going to play. So every day in BP, I really just go out and try to focus on I got to hit line drives. I got to square up the ball consistently. When I'm in the cages, I got to square up the ball consistently. Any any hitting drill we're doing, um, as consistent as I can, squaring up baseballs, not being consistent where I'm rolling over, popping pitches up, and I'm not having consistent batting practice rounds because ultimately, you know, those inconsistencies are going to show up in the game so um, I look at guys like Dell you know I, I talked to David yesterday and he asked me the same question and, and uh, about batting practice and I look at Del Castillo and you want to know why he's probably one of the best hitters in the country you take a look at that guy's BP it's probably nothing out of this world but I mean every ball that this guy's hitting is a line drive after line drive and that consistency shows up in the games and you know, you got to look up to people like that, and you got to see, you know, what their secrets for success are, and you know, taking bits and pieces and learning from all the guys from the team. So, hitting's a process. You know, it's it's never ending. There's going to be so many different things. You know, I could have a swing and an approach today, and it may I'll, I'll have a different one that'll help me be successful, and that goes for everybody else. So, but just right now, I think the main the name of the game is uh, just consistent hard contact. More. You know, the more I can put the bear on the ball, the better. I use this uh, baseball metaphor a lot, but if you hit line drives in life, you generally do pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Secret ingredient right there. <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, you've got some young flamethrowers on this team, whether it's uh, Maderos or Rosario, but when the game gets late and Palmquist comes in, uh, have you seen anybody like this in your life? Uh, he has been incredible. Yeah, to be honest with you, that's funny that you, that you say that. I'm trying to think back on what kind of pitcher I've, I've had the feeling of whenever he comes in, it's an automatic shutdown inning. And I can't recall too many times a guy like Carson coming in and, and knowing that the game is over, knowing that no team is going to put up a crooked number on the scoreboard. It's, it's, he's just been lights out. And uh, it's no surprise. I mean, his velos actually jumped up a bit, which is dangerous for him, uh, dangerous for other opposing hitters. You know, he's got that funky delivery. 
you know, comes off a bit weird. Um, it's weird for any hitter, a righty, a lefty, it, and that's what makes him so dominant. And not to forget the fact that the guy's always pounding the zone. He's never wild. He hasn't been wild. I haven't seen one wild inning from him this year. He's just been as consistent of a pitcher as it gets, especially in that closer role, which is huge. Um, you know, being able to close out games and that gives us that gives us a lot of confidence um, early on in the game. You know, not to say that the guys we have in the pen are you know we can't count on them. Of course, we're going to count on them. We we got guys in the pen. You know that we could always count on them. I, I think I'm as confident with this pitching staff as as years pass. We you know we got guys with velo. We got guys with with great secondaries. Um, but yeah, you know Carson's just been he's been lights out this year to say the least. All right. Well, we are approaching game time with FIU. Uh, big uh, big games coming up, FIU and then Pittsburgh. And as I said to Coach Damari, by the end of the weekend, you could leapfrog Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech and be in first place in the Coastal. So uh, some very important games coming up. Thanks for being with us, and the very best of luck. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Gabe Rivera, and we will continue on the show right after this. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 